Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Welcome to Football is Family, a podcast dedicated to the fan and fan experience. My name is Jeremy McFarland, and I want to look at the positive behind what makes football so enjoyable to watch and follow. I want to know why you are a fan of your team, of a player, or an era of football. Whether the pros, college, or high school, I want to hear and share your stories and your love for the game. If you want to be part of this podcast, please message me on Twitter at Jeremy underscore McFarlane, or on Facebook at the Footballist Family Facebook page. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Thank you for listening to the Footballist Family podcast. I've got a special guest today, and uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Ken Crippen. I was formerly the president of the Professional Football Researchers Association, and I am launching the Football Learning Academy. So it's an online school to teach pro football history. So I've been researching and writing about pro football history for over 30 years, and I want to be able to share that knowledge and experience with as many people as I possibly can. I think you know a little bit about football then if you've been writing for about 30 years. Uh, I try. I've picked up a few things over the years. Picked up a few things. A few. I'm looking in the back of your at your office there, and I see the uh, the the Buffalo Bills helmet. That reminds me of the Jim Kelly era helmet. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us, what do you what did you do with the uh, the What do you want to do with your football academy? What what is your What is your main goal with that? Uh, the goal is to educate people on pro football history. Uh, but the secondary goal on that, too, is to help out retired players. Uh, so all the proceeds, um, you know, a portion of everything that we earn there uh, goes to help retired players in need. So um, ones that are struggling to pay their medical bills, uh, to pay for health and wellness programs, mental health programs, things like that. So uh, players have been very good to me over the years uh, as far as granting me interviews, helping me. Uh, get in touch with some of their teammates. And this is one way that I want to be able to give back to them. So, um, you know, people are going to see that uh, these classes are uh, paid classes, but um, money is going to help retire players. And that's what we're using to uh, to generate with um, with the money that we earn here. I've, uh, some of the books that I've read about players in particular, uh, the older players, not the ones in the last 20 years, but before that, uh, the NFL really did provide a lot for their retirement. No, they didn't. Uh, all the pre-1993 players, they really struggled just to get benefits in the latest CBA. But yeah, I mean, in the earlier days of football, um, this you know wasn't their full-time job. They had to have full-time jobs outside of that. And a lot of players were not able to get health insurance. Uh, because of, you know, obviously the risks that you're going to have playing football, um, as well as all the injuries that you accumulate over the years of playing. 
I mean, you know, I hear players having 20, 30 surgeries on the same body part. Um, it's, you know, not unusual for that to happen. Uh, and then you start getting, you know, into things like CTE and other mental health issues associated with playing football and concussions. And, you know, those medical bills can really rack up and not everybody you know, is a multimillionaire like some of the players today. Um, you know, they're, they're working regular jobs, just like everybody else working, you know, earning the same amount of money. And it's a struggle to pay all those bills as they're, as they're mounting up because of playing football. I got to meet uh, Bruce Matthews a couple of years ago and my dad was sitting next to me and I said, listen to him walk. And all I heard was, I say, that's the knees of a guy who played 17 years in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when I'm doing interviews with a lot of these players, you can just hear it in their voices as far as um, the memory issues that they're having, um, as well as, you know, all the other degradations of their body that they talk about throughout the interviews. Um, you know, it's, it's something that really needs focus. Um, again, the CBA, when they were negotiating, uh, it was a struggle for them to get any benefits. Some are still struggling to get benefits. So anything we can do to help them out, um, you know, every Sunday they're out there playing a game that they love. We love watching them. And if there's something that we can do to help them. I'm absolutely on board with that. Good, good. And I, and I hope I hope that's the case. Now, um, you want this. This is a learning. This is online. Is this going to be you, you hope at least going to be in colleges sooner or later? Uh, I'm, that is my hope. I definitely want to see these type of curriculums in colleges and universities. Uh, so I'm hoping that this is going to be a good proof of concept to show that people are interested in this and that people want these types of classes. And so the more that we can get this out in colleges and universities, I think the better because that expands our audience, uh, expands the knowledge that people have about the history of the game. Uh, so whether you're taking things online through the Football Learning Academy or whether you're taking it in college to get college credit, um, anything we can do to educate the public is is our goal. Oh, I would love to have that about 20 years ago at Free Hardeman. That'd been great. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd put a lot more emphasis on studying then, I guess. Um, what what drove you to do this? Why do, why do you want to do this? A lot of times I see, whether it's in the media or on social media, um, uh, a recency bias. So people are taking a look at the recent stuff that's happened in pro football, and they really have you know, not a lot of knowledge when it comes to what happened earlier on, especially you know, everything that the people talk about nowadays is from the Super Bowl era. Well, there was a lot of pro football prior to the Super Bowl. And if nobody talks about it, people are forgetting about it. And when you start talking about some of the older players, even with Hall of Fame selectors, they're players that they don't know much about. And these are the people voting for the Hall of Fame. And to be able to educate people on who played earlier on, the teams, um, defunct franchises, um, milestones, uh, things like that, it's to me, it's important for people to learn about the history of the game because I want them to be able to put today's game into historical context. And they can't really do that if they have a small frame of reference, meaning just the Super Bowl era. You're thinking, let's go past 50 years and go further in the, in the past. Correct. I want to go all the way back to the beginning of football. 
um, and you know, go through how the game evolved, uh, all the different rules changes to make it like the game is today. Talk about the historic players, um, people who were trailblazers, uh, and then you know, getting into the formation of the NFL in 1920, and then just keep going through. So, yeah, all of those types of things through all eras is what we want to talk about. That's incredible. That's uh, I thought I knew football, but like you're saying, I found out my knowledge was the Super Bowl era when I went to Kent, Ohio, a few years ago. Uh, it opened up a whole world to me that I wasn't even aware of. Um, I didn't know about the car dealership. I didn't know about the helmet. I didn't even know about Teddy Roosevelt and his influence in football. And then I started mm-hmm. opening up books and I'm, I'm looking around trying to find um, the, the book I got over there, the NFL century of football. Uh, fantastic books, Th- things like that, that opens up history that, that you're not even aware of until, until it's there and you just can't get enough of it. Yeah, I fully agree. I mean, the more that I dig into football history, the more I want to learn. And there's so much out there that hasn't really been covered. I mean, you take a sport like baseball, and they've been pretty good about their history and people researching their history, things like that. Not as much with football. I mean, there are some dedicated people out there researching and writing about the history of the game. But I think a lot more needs to be done because there's a lot that hasn't been covered. There's a lot that hasn't been investigated. I'm hoping with the FLA that we're going to be able to do that. We're going to be able to dive deep into a lot of these different topics that nobody else has uncovered yet. So that's uh, that's something that we're trying to do. What what is your favorite football team? Um, Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. My favorite team. I'm originally from Buffalo, so I will always support them. Uh, If you go back into history, I mean, there's plenty of other teams that uh, I enjoy learning about. I mean, the old-time Packers teams uh, back in the 20s and 30s uh, under Lambeau. Um, you start looking at some of the other defunct franchises. Um, I mean, we do a class on the Tonawanda Cardex at the FLA. You know, a lot of people have never heard of the Tonawanda Cardex, never knew that Tonawanda, New York, which is a suburb of Buffalo, that they had a professional team in the NFL. Um, so uh, I think a lot of that stuff is interesting and being able to uncover it is what I want to do with the FLA and hopefully people enjoy it. People learn something from it. And, uh, we also want to bring in guests. Um, we've got uh, a couple of people that have come in as guests to, uh, to talk about their experiences, some trailblazers. Um, and we had Leslie Visser come in to teach a uh, mini master's class on interviewing techniques. Um, so not, you know, just for podcasters who want to do interviews, but, you know, listening to people that do interviews and why are people masters at doing what they're doing? How are they able to get people to open up? So listening to that is very good. Plus it helps you, you know, in your normal conversations in life, a lot of these tips are the same things that you're going to have with conversations with anybody that you meet. So, uh, I think, you know, we can expand beyond just football with some of these concepts. Um, but you know, we want to talk about those trailblazers in the industry. Obviously, Leslie is a, a trailblazer. We've got other female trailblazers that have come in as guests and they're going to, um, have some classes that we're going to be offering. So, uh, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Exciting. Uh, in, in a moment, I want, uh, if you would, to give us information on how to get in touch with this or how to get started with this. But I want to, since you said you wrote for uh, 30 years for the research 
Society Research Association. You, you were the president of it. I want to delve into some of your some of your gray matter there, and I want to get some football history from you. Okay. All right. Um, what moment? And again, this is this is your opinion. Uh, what moment made the NFL what it is today? If you could find one pivotal moment, what made it what it is today? I would probably have to say television. television. Uh, people really point to that to uh, as far as how the league expanded. And you know, you started with that in the fifties. You know, even earlier, you would have uh, radio. Um, but really, once you started getting into the sixties, you had the AFL and the NFL competing against each other. Television contracts were a major part um, of the battle between those two leagues. Uh, so then, when they merged together, they had the solid uh, contracts in place. And to me, that's really what made it expand because now, instead of listening to it on the radio or reading about it in the newspaper, you can visually see the game and uh, see what's going on. So uh, you can see your favorite team if you don't live in that same city. So uh, I think television is really what expanded the NFL and made it what it is today. I think a, a few years ago on the NFL Network, they had a, a, a special called Full Color Football about the AFL. Mm-hmm. And it was fantastic to hear stories about men who when they were younger their dad would have them get up on the roof and move the antenna around so they can watch the afl game and mm-hmm. i thought that that took a lot of dedication of course i couldn't tell my son to get up on the roof because we don't have that <laughs> now but i can imagine back in the 60s you're like kid get up on the roof and, and move it to the right a little bit let's watch the afl game mm-hmm. um i i grew up in an area that didn't have pro football Atlanta was the closest one that had pro football. And at that time, I don't think I'd call the Falcons pro football. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we were a college state. Tennessee is a college state. Now, with the with the success that the Titans have had, you get a lot of people who are coming in and, and joining up and learning more about the Titans. And I actually brought up to my daughter, who I thought I educated better. I said, uh, yeah, the Oilers used to play. The Tennessee Titans used to be the Oilers. And they're like, who are the Oilers? See, we got a lot more to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the fact that, you, that you're that you a Buffalo Bill fan because uh, I think they're one of the more storied programs in the whole NFL. Yeah. I mean, obviously, everybody remembers the uh, four Super Bowl losses, but uh, nobody is really talking about outside of Bill's fans, the two AFL championships that they've yeah. had. And then if you want to start digging back before that, I mean, they were close to winning an NFL championship in 1921. Uh, I came down to a vote at the end of the season and they lost out to the Decatur Staley. So um, there is some history of successful football in Buffalo. Uh, there were some lean times as well, and but we won't talk about that. Um, but, you know, they've also had that success and, you know, four straight Super Bowls. Yeah, they lost it. But who else has gone to four straight Super Bowls? So. Um, you, you're not going to be able to, uh, to see a lot of teams do that. Even look at the Patriots. I don't think they went to four straight Super Bowls at all. They went to a lot of Super Bowls, but I don't think they went to four straight. Having seen, uh, Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and Bruce Smith and Andre Reed back out on that field, Don Beebe, that'd be great to see again. I, I might have to go and watch on YouTube, watch some of those old games again. Uh, the game that I remember the most about them is is them coming back from being so far behind against the Houston Oilers. 
And I, and I think that was a catalyst for them coming to Tennessee to begin with that, that debacle. Uh, where can yeah, we, and then they kind of got back at Buffalo with the music city miracle. So <laughs> it was a legal play. It was a legal play. There was, <laughs> there's nothing fake about that play. Um, so you're saying it wasn't a forward pass. Huh? It was not a forward <laughs> pass. I, <laughs> I've studied that play a few times. Uh, this, that Mr. Ken, this, uh, podcast of mine is just is, is fun for me i enjoy doing this and the one thing i like doing is talking to people about their fandom and i've had some buffalo bill fans message me on twitter and uh, they don't agree with me i can't yeah. imagine that they just don't agree with me yeah i, I can't imagine why that would happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah who is your favorite all-time bill oh man that's a tough one uh, I would probably have to say Bruce Smith, but there are so many people that you could put up there. You know, like you'd already mentioned, you've got the Jim Kellys, you've got the Steve Taskers, you've got oh, Steve Tasker, um, yeah. even go earlier than that. You've got the Tom Sestaks who played in the sixties, Tom Day. I met him at an alumni event and he was, you know, one of the greatest people you could ever meet. So yeah, there's a lot throughout Bill's history that I love, but you know, if I had to pick one, it would probably be Bruce Smith. That's not a bad one to pick. No, it, yeah, he it, did it, all right. Yeah, he did okay. Kids, if you want to know, if people who who did not watch Bruce Smith play, think about J.J. Watt only healthy the majority of the time. That's Bruce Smith. Uh, and he played end, I believe. I believe J.J. Watt plays inside for the most part. But Bruce Smith was just a force uh, off the side. And, and I tell you, Watching the offensive linemen try to block him, it's almost funny. Yeah, you could put two people on him, and he'd probably still win it. Now, now I know you, you've been doing this for a little bit. You've met several people. Do you still get the, the, the jitters when you meet certain players? Depends on who it is. I mean, when you get into it, some people, you know, they have a reputation based off of what you see in the media. So you can get a little nervous. Like, for example – um, when I was interviewing Bill Parcells, you get a little nervous because you know that, you know, he could tear apart reporters and you know how he tears about, uh, tears apart players and stuff like that. So you get a little nervous. Got to be the nicest guy I've talked to. I mean, he was absolutely great, but then you get some others that, you know, aren't as nice. Um, so, you know, it, it can go both ways on that. The biggest thing is you just have to make sure that, um, you kind of build up a rapport with them. And once you get that communication going, they start opening up. Uh, things are more relaxed. Uh, and, you know, most of the time the interviews go very well. Uh, it's rare that we end up having any incidents with any of the, um, the people I interview. But for the most I, part, I imagine, I imagine most of those men just want to want the truth to come out. They don't want to be painted in a certain way. And, and uh, you know, podcasters or journalists can do that. So it, it, they probably are a little bit guarded until they get to trust you a little bit. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, some of the older players are a little bit easier because not a lot of people are coming to them to talk to them about their careers. So they're more apt to open up. But yeah, if you've got somebody that's been doing a lot of interviews uh, and you know has had a lot of media coverage, unfortunately, there is going to be negative media coverage and like you said they're going to be a little guarded because they don't know me 
Um, it's only if, you know, one of their former teammates recommends me and says that, you know, this guy is going to treat you right. This guy is, you know, going to be fair and honest about everything. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's just a matter of getting people to open up. And then once that happens, then it's a little easier to get them to, to start telling you some of the stories that they may not normally uh, talk to people about. All right. I got a couple more questions for you. And I appreciate mm-hmm. your time today, Mr. Ken. Um, are you a collector of anything? Just a, a, a mer- uh, memorabilia collector? Uh, I have been doing some of that. Uh, it's not something that I've really focused on recently. I've been focusing more on getting old football books, um, you know, more of the antique type stuff. Uh, but as far as memorabilia, you know, I've, I've got a decent collection, but I haven't uh, spent a lot of time on that recently. What is your most prized collection or most prized collectible that mm. you that you prize? I would say... There's a mini football helmet. It's the old 1960s Buffalo Bills standing football helmet um, that I had autographed by a lot of members of the uh, the 64 and 65 team. Um, not necessarily for the helmet itself, but the fact that you know I had the opportunity to meet all these players, talk to these players, get their experiences and things like that. So looking at that helmet brings back all the memories. You know, I'd look at a signature of Tom Day. I remember the interactions with Tom Day, those types of things. So that's what makes it a prized possession for me, the memories of getting that, not necessarily the object itself. That's something that, uh, you know, non-sports fans, they say, well, why do you like this sport? It's not so much what you have. It's the memories associated with that. I went to Canton, Ohio with my dad, who's not a football fan, but I kept saying for years, I want to go to Canton, Ohio, I'm going to go Canton. Then we went my sophomore, before my sophomore year of college and spent a whole day up there. I know he had no fun, but I remember that and I treasure that. And, and like you're saying, you treasured those memories as well. I just looking at this, I have a book here that I found. It's Run to Daylight by Vince Lombardi and fantastic book and it's just you think well what does that run to daylight mean that's how he would run the sweep you will run to daylight give it to jim taylor and and go um older books like that to me uh is where the history comes in it's where you see where football was going at that time uh where can we get in touch with you well you can go to the football learning academy website so that's www.football-learning-academy.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, so Twitter is at footballlearn1. Uh, and then you can also find me, like I said, on uh, Facebook and Instagram. So any of those ways you can get in touch with us. But I'd say definitely go to the website. Uh, if you sign up for any of the classes, you'll automatically start getting our monthly newsletter. Uh, this is not something that we're constantly spamming people with. It's just a monthly newsletter, just letting people know things that we're working on, some classes that we're highlighting, uh, and some things that are in the pipeline as far as what we're going to be releasing in the near future. So I would say hit the website, sign up for a class. There's a free class there as well as a paid class. So um, there's access for everyone to be able to get in and uh, see what we're all about and get our newsletter. I'll have this in the show notes. Um if that's okay to, to put sure. in the show notes, a quick link. 
Mr. Ken, I appreciate your time today. You are a great, uh, a great guest and great knowledge. And, and, and one day when you, when you have, when you have the chance, uh, I, I had to put Mr. Ken off a couple of times because my kids now have COVID and, and I uh, wasn't able to come up here, but when you have time, I want to grill you on some football history. I just want you to open up and fill my brain with history because uh, I have a lot of room up there. We can do that anytime. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Play Classic Sports Simulation Board Games, spelled with two A's, P-L-A-A-Y. Realistic board game recreations of professional football, hockey, baseball, NASCAR, golf, and more. They cover nine sports in all, with a tenth, basketball, coming in 2022. You can relive great sessions of the past, create what-if matchups from different eras, and much more. It's fun. So if you're into sports history, you should check them out. That's play with two A's, P-L-A-A-Y, classic.com. And don't forget to use the code SHN at checkout and get 10% off your first order. Hey, are you ready for some football? Some fantasy football? How about some daily fantasy football? Silly questions, right? Of course you are. You're ready to talk some smack and win some cash every Sunday, at Thursday, at Monday, whenever there's football games. The Sports History Network invites you to play your daily fantasy football this season at thrivefantasy.com. Thrive Fantasy offers hundreds of thousands, millions in cash every day on NBA, MLB, PGA Golf, Cricket, Esports, and of course, NFL football. And just to get the 2021 NFL season started right, Thrive Fantasy is holding its $100,000 guaranteed contest with a $20,000 first prize. Sign up with Thrive Fantasy today to get a 100% match bonus on your first deposit for up to $100 in free daily fantasy football play. Visit sportshistorynetwork.com slash thrive, that's T-H-R-I-V-E, or enter promo code S-H-N when depositing at the cashier. Join Thrive Fantasy today, earn cash prizes, and support great shows like this at the Sports History Network. Now that's a win-win-win situation for you to kick off your own NFL season. At the Sports History Network, we're all about sports yesteryear, and so we're so pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings your sports history to life anywhere. The Row One gallery includes over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, advertisements, and more in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. And any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. And in Row One Shop, check out the thousands more of unique items with a retro and historical designs dating back to 1876 including t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, phone cases, mugs, blankets, pillows, towels and even shower curtains. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com ROW number one for access to the full Row 1 catalog and for gallery prints and gift items plus get a 15% discount off all prints on the Row 1 Pictorum Gallery with coupon code SHN15 Follow the link on the show notes Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, 
and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.